Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Cleveland Cavaliers have won game one against the Toronto Raptors in thrilling fashion. It was an ugly as hell game. Uh, The Cavs kind of turned up the defense late, LeBron with some heroics, and the Raptors just kind of fell apart. They, They couldn't hit a shot, DeRozan couldn't get it done in overtime. And the Cavs have home court advantage in this series. Uh, to break everything down with me is the newly married Carter Rodriguez. Carter, congratulations, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, it was a super fun weekend. Uh, sorry I missed the Cavs completely getting destroyed in Game 6. And uh, I was lucky to watch the final five minutes of Game 7. So, uh, basically... Uh, Way to show up when it matters. At yeah, least. I've I've had some I've had some good some good Cavs moments uh, more than less anxiety than everyone else. Um, You're yeah. kind of like Tristan Thompson. You've well, uh, maybe that's not a good comparison for a guy that just got married, but um, you, you're showing up uh, in these last couple games. So An- another uh, and things another are working out well. Great comparison for Tristan Thompson, who uh, no, just, not the best. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was a fun wedding, uh, and it was a very, very fun game one. It was a very fun game one. I'm like, that is not a game the Cavs should have won by any stretch of the imagination. Like them getting home court this early on and getting in the Raptors' heads is just so big. Are you playing music right now? I might be. <laughs> Just let that sink in, Carter. <laughs> the fallen world, the fallen kingdom. The oh, Cavs perfect. are back in their heads, and that's all that matters. Permanent headspace. Uh, yeah, that was a an utter collapse um, offensively. Uh, I mean, how good did it feel to see Kyle Lowry <laughs> running away from? LeBron James. Oh yeah, it was great. They they wanted no part of the those last couple minutes, and 
I fully expect Toronto to play better. And I think that this is going to be a series, but it's a lot of kind of what we were hoping for. Um, I, I was a little bit pessimistic just based on how poorly the Cavs looked in that Indiana series. But as you pointed out correctly, Toronto plays, even though it's a better defensive style over an 82-game regular season, it's a style that's more conducive to allowing the Cavs wings to get going like they don't body uh, Kyle Korver and J.R. Smith off ball and those guys came up huge today um, Kevin Love's still struggling which was one of my big concerns um, but he he continues to battle through that thumb injury um, it, it it's what needed to happen though for the Cavs to really make this a series and come away with a win they needed to get back in the Raptors heads early on they needed to steal one of these games and they're in a pretty good position moving forward here yeah uh I mean it's about as ideal as you can get outside of the Kevin Love situation which I I, I think we can dive into later but everything else uh went pretty according to plan um yeah, I, ideal would be them actually playing consistently well, but I think taking steps towards playing well and having a good offensive game throughout four quarters is good. Like the third quarter wasn't great, but they only let Toronto expand the lead by two points. Yeah, having four non-LeBron Cavs with at least 14 points, I mean, like that's about as good as you can draw it up. Um, uh, I think would like to toot my own horn and saying that I thought Jeff Green would play better this series, um, not having to play toot against your super horn. Th- Go for it, buddy. Against, you've, uh, you've been on point here. Super athletic uh, bigs in Indy and super aggressive bigs in Indy, whereas against Toronto, he was able to lurk along the baseline a little bit better. He was able to attack in semi-transition a little better. Uh, he finished a couple lobs, and he sure, he hit a three. Um, but he got to the line eight times, which I think is a really good indicator of how well Jeff Green's playing is yep. um, how often he's getting the line. He's actually really good at, uh, at free throws. Um, Another then, big thing for him is he's better defensively when he's guarding players that don't have as tight of a handle. And like Oladipo and Collison could really keep the ball alive. DeRozan, like, he probes a lot more, right? Like, he's not trying to break people down off the dribble. He's trying to, with his dribble, he's trying to catch people off guard. He's trying to bait them into fouls. And he kind of beats you with a change of pace. Um, whereas it, it's not like a, a Collison or Oladipo or that Kyrie type uh, pound the ball and try to break somebody down offensive plan. Yeah, um, I think some of the Cavs have... Uh, don't get a ton of credit for doing um, defensively well against this Raptors team as DeRozan never gets to the line against them. Never. He only shot three free throws tonight. Lowry only shot three which free it, throws tonight. Which is a conspiracy theory. Of course it is, even though they shot ten more free throws than the Cavs. <laughs> uh, I... That's that's one thing that just is so annoying because if I wanted to stream the game and not listen to the Raptors broadcast through this, then I have to go on the delay and then I see what's happening on Twitter. And I like being on Twitter, so I put up with it. But the whole broadcast, it's, oh, the Raptors have to win by 10 in order to win by 1. Uh, we knew going in that the refs would be on their sides. And this was actually, while there were stretches where there was some questionable calls that went against Toronto... I think especially down the stretch, they, they got most of the favorable calls, and it was a mostly balanced whistle, even though 
the officiating wasn't great overall. No, I didn't think it was a particularly well officiated game either. Um, a lot of weird, sloppy decisions, a lot of late calls. Um, but you know what? I do think that neither team got particularly screwed. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm just still kind of blown away by that result because I, I think LeBron shooting 12 for 30 any other night this season is that's a it's a blow or any other night this playoffs it's a it's a 20 point loss if it even gets there because he would have been pulled earlier uh he was not efficient offensively today Uh, can we talk about tristan thompson because i've kind of been dying to talk about tristan thompson especially after that game seven in indy hold on i'd I'd like to finish my lebron real quick go for Um, it because what i wanted to say was yeah he wasn't very efficient from the field and that's going to get better but you know what's going to stay the same justin another 13 assists only one turnover at the end of the season uh he put up 17 assists zero turnovers like lebron has such like an innate mastery of what the raptors run defensively at this point it's not even funny he's just like picking them apart and this is why those role players were able to go off you know it's not like they're, you know, we, we've talked a lot about the role players and their lack of production um, and how we've really wanted to see a secondary ball handler step up. That's not what led to these role players going off for the most part, other than maybe a little bit of Jeff Green. Uh, it was mostly LeBron just being a sniper uh, as a passer, uh, finding these guys for wide open looks and uh, consistently easy buckets and finding them in rhythm and hitting them in the shooting pocket and kind of manipulating the Raptors defense however he chooses to so I do think that trend's going to continue he 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 knows what the Raptors are going to do and that's a problem for Dwayne Casey yeah that's I think that's a really good point he seems to move around the court with less resistance against the Raptors than almost any other team and that's funny because they are such a good defensive team and um, to his credit he did also hit some tough shots but when he's like Roaming, He knows exactly what the rotations are going to be. He knows where to find guys. And, and I think you're right. I think that's something that you can kind of rely on for the rest of the series. Um, he, he just knows this team really, really well. And it's clear that it's one of those teams that he's taken the time to, to really study. In. And actually, one funny moment from the Raptors broadcast was they actually caught on to LeBron uh, stealing plays from Casey. Casey was yelling it out, and then LeBron would immediately like yell to his teammates what was going to happen. And Casey just sat there with like this frustrated look on his face that he he knew what the the Raptors were trying to get into. Yeah, I mean it's the bummer that comes with having a lot of tape and a lot of experience against you. Um, LeBron knows their base defense really well, and like Casey can throw in some interesting wrinkles, like switching a certain action, but like. He still, Laurent still knows functionally how they want to move around the court, and they don't really have great personnel to stop the Cavs um, on that end of the ball. But it's not like the Cavs were that good offensively. But I do think that's mostly LeBron settling for some bad shots and uh, being icy from the three point line. Yeah, he he definitely settled a lot. Like one of eight from the three point line, one of six from free throw line. You worked your ass off in the last series. You can have a, a lazy game on offense. I do think he worked really hard on defense, though, which was nice to see. He definitely did. I, I thought this was a good LeBron game overall, even though, as we said, it wasn't his most efficient. Um, 
they're also understandably tired. Like that was one of the reasons that I thought that there was a decent chance that the Cavs would just get boat race in this game and that game two would kind of be the litmus test. Um, but winning this game, even though you, you did have some of those struggles, it wasn't a great George Hill game. LeBron wasn't efficient. Kevin Love obviously wasn't great. And on most nights, those are kind of your top three guys. Um, so you kind of hope that they play better moving forward. Um, but to see Corver and JR get going, that was great. And Tristan Thompson came in and changed the game. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas was just absolutely eating on Kevin Love, um, which isn't something that Cavs fans are used to seeing in playoff series just because in the past that's been a matchup where, where Tristan has good, done a good job of negating him. And he once again did that today. Uh, he, he came in, he kind of stopped the bleeding there from the interior. And Matt, he just an absolute monster on the boards, nine offensive rebounds. And, and between that and the differential and turnovers, the Cavs just gave themselves so many extra possessions. And that helped make up for the fact that they didn't have a great offensive game. Yeah. Um, I think that's all accurate. I thought it was a very vintage Tristan performance. I thought he did a really nice job on switches late, especially when um, when they had LeBron guarding Lowry. Uh, they would bring up uh, Tristan's man to come screen for Lowry, and they'd switch it. And Lowry didn't want anything, any part of him, uh, which I think is a huge advantage. Like That's kind of like the idea of Tristan defensively the last year and really going back to last February when he originally got hurt. Um, the idea was always really strong, like this really switchy, versatile defender that could, you know, protect the rim and switch out on guys. And that really hadn't been the case. He'd been getting burned on switches, but in this series, uh, or in this game, he really, really looked mobile and, um, and Lauer really didn't have, couldn't generate good angles on him. Well, that's one of the reasons why I think that he can actually be effective in the series. I do think he's lost some of his mobility and he can't switch on to guards the same way that he was able to in the past. But Toronto really does play a more conventional style. Like they usually play with one or two bigs out there at all times. Um, and their guards generally are a lot shorter. So when you're trapping, as the Cavs do a lot, or even on those kind of quick switches, Tristan's length is able to disrupt Lowry or Van Vliet there, and they don't have easy sight lines, and they're not able to find the guy right away. And that helps the, the Cavs' defense reset and get back into position. And I really do think that this is a series where he matches up very favorably and can be effective. What's funny to me, though, is that, I mean, traditionally, this isn't how the Cavs beat the Raptors. They beat the Raptors by going love at the five or playing fry and just playing these bigs right off the floor. Um, they weren't able to do that with Kevin Love playing so subpar. Um, over the course of this game. So they just had to say, hey, we're going to, we can play your style too. We can play with a big, and he brings different things. And Tristan did. Tristan was um, unbelievably effective in the post on Valanciunas. Like a lot of people want to complain. You know, I, a lot of Raptors fans are upset that he missed a lot of bunnies near the end of the game. But like post ups are hard to make against good post defenders. Like, there's a reason we don't just dump the ball down to the post every possession ever anymore. Especially on those volleys. Like when it's a missed shot and you're trying to get it up quickly, sometimes those can be a little bit difficult and, and they do take a lot of touch. 
Um, I think the most impressive one-on-one matchup, though, was Kendrick Perkins versus Drake. <laughs> Drake does not want any of those problems, man. A couple guys on the Raptors, like, wanting to start. Like, Van Vliet was like a holding-me-back all-star going after LeBron. <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you want to do, Fred? He was uh, he's trying to avenge his identical twin, Darren Williams, um, <laughs> for everything that went down last season. Amazing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I will say um, if you're if because I, I, I think the general tone of Cavs Twitter is very optimistic right now and uh, rightfully so. Sure. Um, the the Raptors bench did not play particularly well today. They um, did not. And. But that's kind of, been a, if I remember correctly, uh, this is not, they have not pre- performed particularly well these playoffs. And I think a big part of that is Fred Van Vliet's shoulder is not 100% right. Um, but Pirtle looked lost, man. That dude did, that dude, the stage was too big for that dude uh, in that game. Yeah, Yak has been not great. Like he wasn't good against Washington. Um, Van Vliet, I really do feel like that was a big part of why. Um, those units weren't as effective against Washington was because he missed time. And typically when things break down and DeRozan and Lowry start going iso ball and and eating up too much of the clock offensively, which I I thought they did down the stretch, uh, Van Vliet's been that guy throughout the season that kind of gets them into those sets. And he's just, he's a tremendous player on both ends of the floor. He's a versatile offensive player. Um, But... Even with all that, when it's the semifinals against Cleveland, Lowry and DeRozan are still going to demand the ball in those situations, and their offense is still going to devolve to some extent into those isolation um, possessions. And I think that's a situation where the Cavs are very comfortable. And credit to J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver for stepping up individually on defensive possessions and um, it, it's just funny that we're back here again. Like throughout all the BS with the Cavs, throughout all the concerns, you have Jr. and Tristan Thompson stepping up in the postseason and, and really making a difference. Yeah. Um. To go back to your comments about Van Vliet and the way he stabilizes DeRozan and Lowry, I mean, this is something that uh, you know I was tweeting before the game about how. You know, despite the fact that the Raptors are much better than Indiana, there are certain things about them that just work a little bit better for the Cavs. And one of those things that works a little bit better for the Cavs is they can't play their favorite trio. And that favorite trio that I've seen is Van Vliet, Lowry, DeRozan. But you can't do that if the Cavs are rolling out a front court with LeBron, Love, and Tristan because you inevitably have to put someone... You either have to put DeRozan on Love, which, boy, did that not work. <laughs> um, Love didn't get a lot of points out of it, but he had plenty of easy shot creation out of out of it because DeRozan just can't do that. That's not a fair ask. You can put him on LeBron, which uh, they were desperately trying not to do late in the games as Cavs were pursuing switches. and then Or you can put him on Thompson, and he can get mauled on the offensive glass. Um that that trio which has been very very good for the Raptors all season it doesn't work with LeBron LeBron is kind of ruins that paradigm yeah he does and and it just kind of goes back to those matchup problems that we knew they had they've had all year and since the dawn of time 
Yeah, I, since the I ton really of time, do the think, Raptors. <laughs> I really do think that this is a series where the Cavs need to rely on that front court of the past of Love, LeBron, and Thompson. Um, it, it's tough to see Kevin Love struggle out there. Um, obviously. Th- He's dealing with the torn ligament in his thumb. I think that's had some effect on just kind of his mentality going in. Uh, I'm sure that thing's very painful. Um, But I do think ultimately sticking with him is something the Cavs have to do because he's just one of the few high-ceiling players that they have on the team. Um, Him coming up with 13 rebounds was really big. And they got to keep trusting him. I, I mean, he came in and hit a couple big shots in the fourth quarter. And I think Tristan Thompson kind of gives you a safety net that if Love is struggling, he's going to get you extra possessions. He's going to cover for things defensively. And there's less likelihood of Love being a complete liability. And I think when things are kind of falling apart for Love and and he's being asked to guard Jonas Valanciunas, I think that wears him out and he has a little bit less left for him on the offensive end and I think it hurts him mentally I I think that when you're getting roasted on defense you kind of press a little bit too much on the offensive end yeah I think that sorry um I do wonder um with love um because and anyone who wants to bench him get a grip guys Get a grip. Like, <laughs> this that's not how basketball works. That's not how the NBA works. You don't bench Kevin Love. You don't just you don't just do it. That doesn't work. You let him play through it. You you go down with your guys. He is the second best player in the team. He is not a role play he's not Larry Nance. You can bench Larry Nance. <laughs> it's man. I mean that was a little surprising to see that Nance didn't get any burn. Which is where I was going next. Justin. The Cavs won, so it feels very unlikely that they will change their starting lineup. With that said, with Thompson playing as well as he has in the last two games, do you think there's any chance that they should? No, actually, I'm going to rephrase because it doesn't. There's no point in speculating. Do you think they should start Tristan Thompson alongside Kevin Love, move one of Hill, Corver, Smith to the bench, and find Nance minutes? Um. I think they should start Tristan. I don't think that necessarily means they need to get Nance minutes. Um, I I understand that that would open up the possibility of playing him, and maybe that's a good thing as an insurance policy in case Tristan um, doesn't consistently contribute at this. Or love struggles. Or or love struggles. Well, because Mike uh, Zavagno, um, our colleague at Fear the Sword, was... You know, justifiably, like, oh, well, the Cavs are running. I don't know if they should go back to love in the fourth. And I'm like, listen, there's no other option at this point. Larry Nance has sat the entire effing game, Mike. You can't you can't just be like, Larry, you're up. Get us three minutes yeah. while Tristan rests. It, just that, doesn't, that's, <laughs> it doesn't work. That's one of the things. You can't – everyone, like, you want to win every single game. But at the same time, this is game one and there's a long series ahead of you. You can't afford to lose love for the rest of the series. Like you have to keep showing confidence in him and you have to keep relying on him to deliver. And and, it, and he stepped up you, huge in game seven. Like he was that stretch where LeBron was cramping up, that game could have that series could have been lost in those minutes if it wasn't for Hill and Love stepping up. Yeah, I don't know. Like a big thing of it is just like you also just couldn't have played Tristan like 15 straight minutes. 
Like you have no. to trust your guys that are that you've played in the rotation. And if you want, and not in the case of Love, because as I've established, it's very stupid just to cut him from the rotation because you might lose him forever. You're in LeBron with him. Um, you also, but like, but even no matter what, like you have to kind of roll with your rotation. Like for them, like every now and again, they went to to Jetty late in games, but like for the most part, these guys are rhythm players. They can't just get i they can't come in ice cold after not playing the entire game right and, and as you said with tristan thompson you can't play him 15 straight minutes especially because it's freaking tristan thompson managing his health has been a journey for the last year and a half and you want to do everything possible to make sure that he stays effective um because that just that adds such another level to this um man Rodney Hood still struggling. Yep. That uh, that's far from ideal. Um, this, I mean, it's not reflective of how the rest of the series is going to go for him. But playoffs have not been kind to Rodney Hood, and this should be a series where he should be a lot more effective. Yeah, I don't, I'm trying to figure out the extent to which it's his fault or not. Like the Cavs could be doing him some favors but it's also like geez man yeah play better (laughs) yeah like they could do him some favors but at the same time the team's just trying to figure out anything that works and i understand ty lu kind of going with he has to fall by the wayside here um his three-point attempt rate in cleveland has always has been way too low for me i want him like ripping around screens and and popping threes and like he's not really gotten the opportunity to do that in cleveland much um i like i almost like want them to empower him to play more like jr um but i guess jr's earned it in a way that hood hasn't in the playoffs and like lou just hasn't and is stepping up defensively i mean i think the best way to define the new players um on the team the trade deadline acquisitions especially the young guys the best way to define their experience in Cleveland so far is like Lou doesn't have time to figure to help them. Like they don't have the luxury <laughs> to to try to get Jordan Clarkson going. I I think that's a pretty accurate assessment. Like there, there's just been so little time with the full roster that it's well, and, and they've it, I'm, I'm going with whoever like I can kind of trust. Like they're not kicking ass in the other minutes to the point where they can just get away with it either. You know what I mean? Like right. if they were if if you were up fifteen then yeah let's let's get uh let's try to get Rodney going a little bit but like they have how rarely have they led by huge margins in these playoffs it's not been long stretches no it's, it's been tiny stretches and then the third quarter rolls around and then it goes to hell <laughs> yeah um so from that perspective you know. Uh, I don't know if these guys are maybe maybe I was wrong on that front of like Hood and Clarkson kind of finding a lower rhythm though it's another bad matchup for Clarkson uh, even though he's got a pretty big size advantage on Van Vliet Van Vliet's a very good defender um but if the other role players play this well um especially Green man like Green played made good Jeff Green plays and that's this, this team looks a- so different when he does that this is a very good matchup for Green. It, yep. it has been all season, and this, both on the defensive end and with the way that Toronto lets you kind of move freely off ball, um, 
it really does set up Jeff Green for success in the series. And um, I, I expect him to be one of the more reliable contributors in whatever minutes he's getting. He said on his tombstone. <laughs> Man, if you told like October me that I'd be saying this about a Raptor series and Jeff Green, I would be unimpressed with myself. I, I'm still unimpressed with myself, but... Um, for reasons not related to Jeff Green. Yeah. Um, I do think we need to talk a little more about love from the perspective of uh, where are you on him? Uh, do you think that there's a... Do you think there's any chance we get good Kevin Love the rest of this playoffs? Or the thumb is just too big of a problem? Um, It doesn't feel like I, anyone's talking about the thumb, really, like in reporting. Well, no, uh, which because, I find interesting. Yeah, because it's Kevin Love, and it's always fun to to paint him in kind of that Chris Bosh light, even even though he's not as good as Chris uh, Chris Bosh. But that's kind of the persona that's been assigned to him, and so when he struggles, it needs to be an indictment on him as a human being. And um, I very disheartening I really do Twitter th- day or Twitter night with regards to old, yeah. Old Kev. I um I don't think this is the series for love, um, and that's unfortunate because this is a fantastic matchup for him. But there is only one day between each of these games, and I don't think that 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 really doesn't go to the Cavs' advantage. And I think that's one of the things that can really make this a longer series. Um, he he, it feels like he needs to get a couple shots in early to to get his confidence going as i said one of the things that i do think could help turn him around is playing with tristan thompson and kind of reducing that load defensively because um they need to do whatever they can to make life easier for love and i get the theoretical advantage of having him at the five but that doesn't exist when he's struggling like this offensively and you give up so much defensively that I think you can kind of throw that that theoretical world uh, kind of out the window there. I agree. Uh, I think that uh, it you're just not the point of of LeBron at the five. Or I'm sorry, at love, of Love at the five is to play Jonas off the floor. If you do not score enough points to play Jonas off the floor, mission not accomplished. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty accurate assessment. And, I like that we both just um, unmuted ourselves very loudly. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that as well. I'll say I was this: like, oh. our our microphone mute button not as subtle as you'd like a mute button to be. No, the recording always picks it up. I, well, I was going to edit those out. I was kind of looking at the timestamp, but Good thank you. you, thank you very very much for bringing that up now um just know yeah, guys I, I don't put that kind of effort in most of the time when i'm editing <laughs> <laughs> thank you carter thank you for all that you do um yeah the Cavs definitely did not play Jonas valanciunas off the floor he was an absolute monster and um that's until tristan not- shot shut that motherfucking water off <laughs> <laughs> does not feel like Jonas shot seven for nineteen in this game, does it? No, that I think a lot of those misses came late, and they kind of came in bunches. Like there was a lot of those kind of put back attempts at the rim that just didn't go down, and those can always just absolutely massacre kind of your field goal percentage. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, 21 rebounds. That's that's just not something you can allow to happen. In and fairness, like five of those were on the same possession when he missed yeah, all five. Yeah, once again. Yeah. So like it, it's a it's a weird it's a weird stat line to like parse through. Um, but I do think the Cavs were pretty good on the boards for most of the night beyond some of those late possessions on Jonas. Um, yeah, I, I did know. like the shot of uh, Tristan and Larry Nance on the bench when Jonas was going off. Like both of them were just kind of looking at each other, shaking their heads, being like, "Well, one of us should probably be in right now." <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel very encouraged by this game um, because I don't foresee. I, I mean, sure, Jr. is not going to shoot five of six. It was such a fun Jr. game. Um, five of six from three. That is. Um, it was a very fun JR game, uh, and I thought he did an okay job on defense as well. Corver could shoot a hell of a lot better. Like, yeah. He, he hit some big shots, and he was massive for the team. But there was the early stretch of the game in like the first half, he was missing a lot of open shots, and then they just kept giving him open shots for some reason. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're pretty happy with five made threes. That's going to be about what you're going to get from Korver at the most for most nights um despite the fact that he got a steady diet of open looks so maybe he will have an explosion in the future I just think that most of the Cavs success today was fairly sustainable um if they play the right way and then uh and then you should expect a better game from LeBron on offense I mean he was pretty pretty ugly as a scorer uh tonight in terms of his shot shot selection and touch around the rim a lot of like is this is this that the emergence drop. of a LeBron stopper for Toronto? Is this OG? <laughs> don't say that. I don't think His LeBron. Mom. It was certainly LeBron just being tired. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, I just think that this is a series that the Cavs are obviously well in control of right now. Uh, they have to win. If they win Game Three and Four, they're going to win the series. I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, or at least I'd be really, really shocked if they don't. Uh, and, man. Man, game two is going to get interesting. Like, I, I think that there's a good chance that Toronto has a bat, bounce back game, and that's kind of their But what if the Cavs win? At home? But, yeah, exactly. What if? If the, the Cavs, Cavs win, that's going to be dark. Raptors' oh, sweater is going to be dark. I might have to send out like a care package to like Blake Murphy, William Liu, Harsh, and all those guys. Dude, those guys. guys were depressing tonight. You know, in the regular season, it's like kind of fun. It's like Schadenfreude, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but this one was like, oh man, like, like it was like the the Raptors hadn't even blown it yet, and Lowry like had like a mediocre offensive possession, and William Liu, who's like a fairly measured analyst of the game it's just like Lowry doesn't want any of this oh my god god <laughs> no <laughs> it's just like it's nice, I'm going to nice be perfectly to be honest head. I I'm going to be perfectly honest and, and this is funny because I went into this series pessimistic and I could probably gloss over that and act like I wasn't picking Raptors in six and who knows there's still a lot of series left ahead of us um but there's something that happens where I go in with that mentality and I'm okay with Toronto going up and, and all that. And then once that announcing team gets going and is in playoff mode, 
I'm just sitting there loathing this Raptors team. I, and like just every fiber of my being wants to see them fail. And it without fail, it happens every single year. And I forget that it, it's going to be as as severe as it ends up being. I just want to note that you're speaking to an audience of like nine people because no one in Chicago or Chicago, no one in America knows what TSN sounds like other than we know that they're whiny losers. Uh, I, I think I think some of the highlights have made their way around. But anyway, yeah, I don't. Know. That's my cool story. That's my cool story. That cool um, story. I'm not a Bro. fan of it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it definitely feels nice to be back, like to have the like the upper hand. Like that last series was so much about survival. Um, to it's like, playground bully season again. Yeah, to like operate from a position of strength uh, moving forward in the series. Even if they lose game two, you're still in a position of strength. And um, yeah. It's, These dumb, dumb, stupid Cavs never get punished for any of their mistakes. And I love it. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, though, I didn't think they played a bad game, even when they were losing for the most part. Like, it was just like, well, LeBron's not playing super awesome. I thought it was a bad game from Lou more than anyone else. Like, I, I thought the rotations were a little bit late. Um, yeah, they, they, there were stretches where there were just some baffling decisions. And I think some of it you can attribute to laziness. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that it was just rotations were just a little bit late in this game. And I'm really interested to see how things change going into game two on if you do see Tristan Thompson insert into the starting lineup, which with the way he's playing, I, I think that there's a, a decent chance of that. But given how Ty has kind of been operating, I wouldn't be surprised to see Love at center again. Yeah, Ty only changes the lineup if they lose. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone can hypnotize him and convince him that it was a loss. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it will be interesting though. I guess I really won't be watching because I am uh, leaving soon. Sorry. Sick honeymoon brag, bro. Sick honeymoon brag. Don't know if you guys heard. I got married. Yeah, we 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 cover that, and people can rewind it if they missed it. So don't know if people heard. Uh, how's this series? Well, is there anything else that you, you want to kind of touch on with this Raptors series? I mean, I'm I'm sure it'll be interesting because with you gone, I'm I'm probably going to have some Raptors guys on. So give do me you, some do Raptors have, news. Uh, yeah, I want to give you some Raptors news. So do you have any sounding off thoughts before you go on your honeymoon? Yeah, uh, you picked uh, Raptors in six uh, before the series like a coward. Uh, I picked Cavs in six. Uh, have, will you amend your uh, prediction? Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm ready to change it to and uh, Cavs in six. Um. I. I. I mean. I don't think that this game. So that was one thing I said. Uh, I tweeted earlier today is that I don't think that this series can go seven. Um. I think that the two outcomes were either Toronto does what they're supposed to do and wins it in five or six. Because um, they've been the better team all year and have been playing better, or the Cavs get back in Toronto's headspace and they close them out. And I, I think that this game is a big step in that direction. And for that reason, yes, I'm I'm starting to think that the Cavs are going to win this series. 
Yup. Uh, I think that it's the easy way to feel. Uh, the Raptors are definitely in their heads. Uh, keep in mind, we're like just, I think we're two years removed from Kyle Lowry having a mental powwow during a game. Uh, and DeMar De- and we're one year removed from DeMar DeRozan saying that if we had LeBron James, we'd probably win too. Um, <laughs> those quotes aren't accidents, man. They matter. Um, and, oh, it was just... It's just so bizarre because I always think the, the mental aspect is overblown. And I, I don't think that it's like um, a mental frailty or anything like that. I think they just kind of revert to their old habits. I like, think it's well-earned mental frailty. They've gotten their asses beat. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> when you play a team, which, you know, it's just the power of positive thinking, right? Like, if you think you're going to win, you, you have a better chance of winning. If you think you're going to lose or you or you have the mindset of not again, it'll, uh, you know, subconsciously affect your behavior and your play. And I think that's what it does for the Raptors. Yeah, maybe it is some of that. I I still think that it's that Lowry and DeRozan, as much as they've bought in this season, there were stretches, especially early on, where Lowry was kind of questioning the new offense and things like that. And I think that when the game is on the line and it's a close game, they're always going to revert back to that isolation basketball. And as I said earlier, that's something that I think the Cavs are are comfortable dealing with. They, yeah. they know how to beat the Raptors when they're doing that. But listen, in fairness to them, that's also what happens at the end of basketball games. It's really hard to run great sets. We've talked about it a billion times. Like, But like their, their ISO stars just aren't good enough. Like... Right, it's like, Costco Kobe, not Kobe. Yeah, like Kyle Lowry can't can't just dust Tristan Thompson on a switch, like, and that makes it really hard to win. Sorry, like that, like DeRozan or like Lowry couldn't. They just moved LeBron onto Lowry, and LeBron was engaged, and Lowry couldn't do anything. That wasn't the case of Victor Victor Oladipo a lot of the time in the last series, and it was a hell of a lot closer series. like it's funny that so much of basketball comes down to it but like that is like i know that we want to criticize them for like losing their way and going back to iso but it's like yeah that's how everyone plays in the fourth like late in games because it's really hard to run sets and they really don't want to turn the ball over yeah i I mean that's fair but i I do also derozan couldn't score on kyle or kyle corver so which is just yeah that's that's something. As our good friend Damon said, um, Compton's Andrew Wiggins can score on Kyle Korver one-on-one. Savage. Very savage. But I, I think we're, we're kind of running out of steam a little bit there. Um, there's still a, a hell of a lot of series to cover. And, um, Not by me. You have, yeah, you have life to attend to. So hopefully things go well. Um, if things fall apart in this series, you won't be around to deal with any of the consequences of that. So I, I wish you all the best. Where are you going, by the way? Italia. Going to spend oh, uh, you. like nine days in Italy. So uh, if anyone has any suggestions uh, for stuff to do, uh, we're, st- we're not all the way booked up yet on tours and whatnot. So any advice? We're going to be in uh, Rome for a couple days, Florence for a couple days, and Venice for a couple days. Then we're coming home. 
Well, that sounds very good. And if you have any recommendations, if you see anything along your travels, Carter, um, any sweet spots, vacation spots, be sure to let the Toronto Raptors know because I think they're... (laughs) That time of year is coming up very quickly for them. So that was thanks for jumping on. Thanks for making the time. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Remember, support the show. Subscribe. Leave a rating. Leave a review. Um, and you can also email us at chasedownpod at gmail.com uh, with all your feedback, questions, and all that goodness. And we will do our best to answer all questions that we get on air. Um, so... Until next time, go Cavs. Special shouts to Worth Wolpert for the toaster. Appreciate you. That's awesome. (laughs) You got you more than I did. Perfect. Yeah, you asshole. Anyway, all right. Bye, guys.